when you're a startup and you need capital, right? Capital is just an ingredient to your success story. It's the fuel to your ship that you built. Like you're as a startup, you're always kind of seeking, you're hopeful for smart money. Welcome to the Be Epic podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Well, today, I'm fortunate to have with me two guests. Uh, I have Josh Stanley, who is CEO of Cartwheel Studios, and I also have uh, Fahad Siddiqui, uh, who is Principal and Senior Vice President at SSI. Um, we'll tell you a little bit more about both of them, about SSI and Cartwheel, what they do, um, and the unique partnership they're forming in Northwest Arkansas. But maybe before I do that, uh, let me ask each of you to tell us just a little bit about you and your background. Josh, I'll start with you. Uh, Fahad, come to you next. And then Josh, we'll kind of come back and talk about Cartwheel. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, my background, I've, I would say professionally, I came up in product management and project management. I've kind of run teams on both sides um, of that kind of technology facilitation role and um, got into entrepreneurship after spending years at 1-800 Contacts, which is in the contact lens business, <laughs> um, and then backcountry.com, and then ultimately Zappos. So I spent a long uh, basically 12 years in e-commerce doing those roles and then took the the leap of faith that a lot or I shouldn't say a lot but some some corporate people take into entrepreneurship um, did that after kind of fighting through this like how am I going to become an entrepreneur do I yeah I went through a period of feeling like I needed the perfect idea and then I ultimately ultimately landed on this concept of like no I should just do what I'm good at like I could do that as a consultant as a contractor and that's how I started and then kind of eventually ended up working with some friends to build an agency out of Las Vegas that served product development. So we were a product development agency that did software development, but kind of holistically covered the spectrum of product management, design and software development so that we could, um, you know, in isolation, kind of go off and build, build a product for a client for the Fortune 500 clients that we worked with and then I mean, I'll include how I got to Northwest Arkansas because that's that's at the heart of, I think, a lot of what we want to talk about today. And that's, um, yeah, in that running that agency for about two years and growing that to a couple million bucks in revenue, we got acquired by a, a larger agency out of Northwest Arkansas called RevUnit, mm-hmm. um, which I think many in the region know. But, uh, yeah, just a larger software development firm or product development firm uh, and ended up running that for about two years um, and then exited exited that or helped helped RevUnit go through a private equity transaction in 2019. But yeah, so I've co-founded, I think, six companies now. I'm kind of skipping over some of the details of how those happened, but, um, and then we've been through a few exits as well. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey and uh, now based in basically Bentonville. I live in Little Flock, just outside of Bentonville, but our office is in Bentonville. All right. Wonderful. Well, Fahad, uh, how about a little bit about your background? It's it's hard to follow Josh on this one. It so I'm is. certainly less exciting career, but I spent uh, I started in the telecom sector uh, in New York, uh, basically big corporate. Um, spent ten years in telecom in different positions, uh, very corporate positions, corporate development, strategy planning, 
a little bit finance and strategy oriented, and then uh, wanted to get closer to sales uh, and marketing, became head of marketing for a B2B uh, division, uh, business services division. So that was sort of the how my 10 years were panned out and then uh, decided, um, okay, let's do something more entrepreneurial than try to set up my own uh, e-commerce startup. Uh, now I'm in Chicago at this point. Uh, spent exactly a year and three months doing that and uh, burning all my cash. Great experience, uh, you know, loved it, but didn't work out for me. Uh, and that's when I ran into the founder of SSI in Chicago and uh, decided to join these guys uh, to help grow this business. And um, I've been here now nine years. Uh, it's been a fantastic journey. We've uh, grown this company from 50 to 550 in mm -hmm. this period of time. So uh, great experience. Mm -hmm. Well, incredible experience for both of you. Uh, Josh, you're now, you know, you're in Northwest Arkansas and uh, have created and leading Cartwheel, um, Cartwheel Studios. And I would uh, tell us a little bit about Cartwheel. I think maybe many people aren't all that familiar with the venture studio model. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely find that that's the case. I mean, it is a kind of emerging asset class of sorts and, um, so yeah, I can speak to Cartwheel and, and this, this startup studio slash venture studio model. So we, yeah, Cartwheel started as a startup studio. Um, and I'll talk about that transit, the transition we're in the middle of right now, kind of expanding that scope. But yeah, essentially um, anybody who's founded a company before um, knows how hard it is to get a company off the ground, to start from scratch, to build from zero, to get even to a million dollars in revenue was a big accomplishment and, and requires blood, sweat and tears. Uh, and I think another, another thing that I think most people know about startups is 90% uh, of them fail. Like that's a fairly well-known uh, stat that gets thrown around. Um, so I think the startup studio model and the venture studio model, and I'll talk about the differences in a minute, or they're very nuanced differences between the two. They're relatively the same. But the model itself is like, how do we improve that 90% failure rate? How do we pull forward the failure rate? How do we do it early on before significant investments of people's time, talent, and resources? And so that's really what the startup studio model is striving to do. It is, um, it's not an incubator, which a lot of people start translating, you know, startup studio into incubator, or it's not an accelerator either. Hmm. Um, both of those models go out and seek either uh, a founder or co-founding team or an established startup to help accelerate their growth, right? Like those models mm -hmm. are, are great models. There's nothing wrong with them, but they are built to kind of take an established person or team and startup, pull it in and, and help accelerate it in some capacity where the startup studio venture studio model is more about let's go identify the white space that exists, the blue ocean opportunities in different markets. So you tend to focus on a certain thesis um, if you're running a studio, like for us, it's the retail value chain, which I know is near and dear to you, Brent. Um, mm -hmm. And that that idea of focusing on retail value chain for us, it's like, okay, let's go identify where where are there opportunities in the retail value chain for us where we can come up with new business concepts. Uh, and we tend to try to have affinity mapping around those business concepts. And by that, I mean, hey, we're gonna, this next cohort of concepts is all going to be focused on supply chain. So we're going to go identify 20 concepts, potentially viable business concepts in the in the supply chain space. Then we'll vet that. We'll we'll validate. We'll do business uh, subject matter expert 
or uh, operator or uh, corporate interviews where we're helping to identify assumptions that we've made about those concepts. Like what are the most critical assumptions we have about the, that concept that we have the least amount of confidence in? And so we'll go out into the market, we'll do market analysis, competitive analysis and interviews that allow us to kind of validate and vet what assumptions might be true and what assumptions are, are clearly false. So with that in mind, we actually uh, start with a large number of concepts and then winnow down to say two to three concepts by the end that we can feel are uh, viable businesses that have been vetted and validated that allow us to then hopefully find a co-founder. So we go out into the market and seek to identify an individual who has a unique advantage in that business concept. And we attach them to that concept to go over the last kind of stage gate mm. to forming and funding a company. So that's a startup studio. That's how it's different from an incubator, an accelerator. And it's, it's um, hopefully a higher probability of success than just starting from scratch. What we see when we look at and help and try to help uh, startup founders that might exist out in the community we see a lot of confirmation bias. We see um, people that seek out data that, that validates the assumptions they've made up front. Um, we see emotional attachment. Um, maybe like you're, you're really attached to this thing and it just doesn't have the legs. And so what we believe is that the startup concept really allows for the separation or startup studio concept really allows for that separation because if we don't, if, if an idea isn't working, like we're not emotionally attached, like we will take it out behind the barn and shoot it. Like we will, we will put that idea down if it doesn't have legs. Um, and in a way that allows us to really get to the heart of what has the highest probability of success. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's at a, in a nutshell, that's the model of venture. And just to say it, startup studio, venture studio, venture studio looks exactly the same as what I just described. The only ad- Addition, I would add, is it typically has a sidecar fund. So it has what looks like a traditional venture fund attached to it where it can do follow-on investments into those startups as they kind of continue up the, the life cycle into later stages and later fundraising, uh, fundraising rounds. Totally makes sense. Uh, and Fahad, uh, you have you and SSI uh, have gotten engaged. I, th- I think maybe was the initial partnership uh, around the Pocket Factory product? Yeah, so I can give you some backdrop of that. So over a period of time, uh, we've actually built some products with some entrepreneurs and launched them as separate entities. Um, and Pocket Factory is one of those products, which is a industrial internet of things industrial iot platform uh focused on the bottling sector uh so think you know bottling like coca-cola pepsi heineken whoever maybe so uh so the platform is you know uh is applied to the manufacturing facilities collects data and gives them predictive maintenance and you know gives them a health check on their uh manufacturing uh uh, facilities. So we decided we needed a platform to scale this uh, uh, startup, and that's when we ran into uh, Josh and team and found that Cardfield to be an impressive platform where we thought this startup could, you know, land and and scale basically. Mm-hmm. So that's how we started this partnership, and now that partnership is much broader broader than where we started off. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and these are these are sort of Josh's words, not yours exactly. But you know, when he described SSI to me, you know, he said you guys are a little a little unique in that you know you're high quality, you're fast, you work well with startups, and then you also have a fund where you do invest in maybe some of those startups. Tell us a little bit about just SSI and kind of was Josh right? Is that is that the right description? <laughs> I hope he is. I, well, all I can say is that we've got a good track record. Um, you know, we we're currently engaged with like 40 plus tech companies, out of which most of them are startups, happen to be startups, or I'll call funded startups. Fewer idea stage companies. Um, the rest of our clients are more enterprise or let's say publicly traded companies where we're doing multi-year sort of projects. Uh, but in terms of the number of customers, most of our work is in the tech space uh, and, and out of that portfolio, it's mostly tech startups. Um, and, and I think where we have been successful is our average client relationship goes above five years and for the top 10 clients, it's above eight years, which is not typical in the sector. And really, I think uh, the reason for this is because we have such a great model of engagement where we can understand the needs of an early stage firm, which are very different from when they scale to a growth stage and then to maturity. And we work with all size and stage firms and build a very flexible model that can take them from that idea all the way to market to scale and then beyond. And in our team uh, of you know technical architects to developers, et cetera, that team kind of evolves as their maturity evolves. And so I think that model has really worked for us and uh, has, has been successful. Uh, we've been lucky also, we you know work with some really amazing startup founders and startups that started with uh, you know really two guys and two dogs that came to us with an idea and exited for 400 million dollars two years later and built and all those platforms have been built by us and you know since that happened you know we, we set up our own fund because we were like okay we didn't have any skin in that game uh, you know they had a great exit and we've been their partners and even today with uh, the startups, uh, they're not a startup anymore. They've been acquired by a publicly uh, listed company. So, so we set up our own fund. Uh, take, you know, basically uh, we invested in this fund and the idea is again on a case by case basis where there's a good match in terms of domain or industry knowledge and expertise and we can bring something to the table other than just pure development capabilities. And we see a good match with the founders. We'll typically participate in their uh, capital raise and, and invest. And, you know, and it's a win-win for everyone because, you know, our personal money or company's money is tied into their success. And so everybody wins and we make sure that they're successful. So try to make sure as much yeah. as possible. Just to jump in here, like, it's not possible that every vendor on the planet can do what what SSI can do, but like when you're when you're a startup and you need capital, right? Capital is just an ingredient to your success story. Mm -hmm. It's the fuel to your ship that you've built, that you're hoping to take. You know, exit exit <laughs> exit the uh, the gravitational force of of kind of just creating a company with, and like to have a partner that also has the ability to invest in your startup. Like you're as a startup, you're always kind of seeking. You're hopeful for smart money, right? You're hopeful that 
along with that capital, that ingredient, that fuel mm -hmm. to your ship, you can also get someone in partnership with you that has aligned incentives that can bring more value to the table. And man, to have your technology team have that capability to also be kind of a contributor to that fuel. I don't know. There's a lot of power. I'd love to see more. I would love to see more companies that provide services to startups that are always asking for payments, right? Like um, they're selling into startups or selling into series A, series B companies um, wanting their wanting their cash that they've raised in exchange for services, but also to be able to contribute back. Not in all instances, but when it, when, it, when, you know, interests are aligned, like when you can create aligned incentive relationships with vendor partners, I think that's where some of the best outcomes come from. When everybody's invested, everybody's like, no, we need this to work. Let's make sure we're coming up with the best concepts, delivering the best possible solution. I think that's interesting for me. Absolutely. You know, and, and Fahad, um, well, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in the state of Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas. Uh, clearly, I've spent uh, much of my life and career here, and get a chance to lead the Sam M. Walton College of Business, which is quite an honor, as you can imagine. Um, but my understanding is that you are working on opening an office here in Bentonville, and so you must see uh, at least some degree what we're seeing. I think. So uh, again, I'll give a lot of credit to Josh and team. Um, they basically they invited us to Northwest Arkansas to take a look at the ecosystem that all of you are building actually together. Uh, we're very impressed. Uh, we're fairly active in the Chicago sort of surrounding between Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, um, sort of the broader tech ecosystem, incubators, accelerators, venture capital funds. We've invested in a bunch of funds ourselves as well. So we stay engaged in that ecosystem. And when we came, uh, visited your region, we found the region which is developing fairly quickly. Great concentration of you know Fortune 100, uh, great activity overall. We felt that this could be a place where we could, we should uh, invest and get engaged uh, in the tech ecosystem and try to be an active contributor. So we decided to partner so we, we signed a partnership with uh, Cartwheel as well, um, a broader partnership. And then uh, as part of that, we will set up an office and we're in the process of setting up an office there and hiring a couple of key people um, to be engaged actively in that ecosystem. Um, also, I noticed you guys were ranked on the Wall Street Journal's uh, uh, list of cities. So that was just, uh, what, two days ago? I, I saw that um, you guys were ranked number two and the sort of the mid-size or small-size regions that have kind of highest concentration of tech skilled tech workers so uh, congratulations that's amazing hmm. well this this region is rapidly developing in that respect and certainly is exciting and I'm, I'm excited you and your team will be here and be engaged in the ecosystem um, you know josh i want to go back to a point when you were describing cartwheel um you that, that, I, that I think is probably really important. I know it's one of the things that really excited me um, is that you've got a you've got a strong focus on the retail value chain. Why is that important? I mean, I'm sure there's some probably some obvious reasons, but there's probably some nuances to why that's important as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know this as, as well as anybody else in the region that um, 
we've got tremendous activity <clears throat> in the ecosystem. We got tremendous um, contributors in the kind of entrepreneurial support organization network here. Um, a lot of it, and we, and we have amazing philanthropic families here that contribute to a lot of activity and kind of the growth that we're all experiencing and, and loving, I think. Um, but you have the investments that have been made in, in health tech and healthcare, which I, I think need to continue to be made. We have investments in, I would call it air mobility or mobility in like the up summit that's taking, that has taken place here. Um, we've had investments in outdoor rec, obviously GORP that runs, mm -hmm. you know, out of your programming um, at the university that really is meant to be an incubator to outdoor uh, rec companies and startups. So we have these kind of interesting capabilities being established and built here. But when you take a step back and you say, well, that's a lot of, there's a lot of activity in a lot of different places. Um, not all of those activities are built around established capabilities, like mm -hmm. true mature capabilities. And by that, I mean, think advanced subject matter experts, people that have a depth of knowledge in a particular area. Um, we don't have the concentration of that in healthcare yet or health tech or biotech. We don't have the concentration of that yet in air mobility. Um, there's a lot of great work happening with drones and, and all these different areas, but it's just not mature and established. But when you look at the retail value chain, when you ask yourself where, what do we have a unique advantage in, an unfair advantage in, which I think from a startup perspective is critical to assess. And then where do we have a depth of subject matter expertise? Where do we have uh, established, anchored kind of incumbents that are industry leaders? Man, it's retail value chain all day. We have Walmart. We have Sam's Club. Yes, that's what this region I think is most known for. Uh, as being the headquarters to those those major you know retail fortune one companies or fortune one company um and but we have tyson foods we have simmons we have georges we have jb hunt we have ArcBest, um and, and the list goes on like we never include the other billion dollar companies that are here in this region that are all really ultimately connected through the retail value chain from getting a product created to getting it into the hands of a consumer mm -hmm. so that to, to us um and, and actually, before I do, I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. And we have a university that has a top-ranked supply chain school uh, in, in, in the country, if not the world. So, you know, we have this great mix of emerging talent, established capabilities, deep domain knowledge, talent. Like, how do we take this amazing combination of resources and global reach, really, with the companies we have here, and leverage it into emerging companies. Like how do we take emerging technology mm -hmm. and combine it with subject matter expertise to disrupt the industries that are aligned with the retail value chain? Like we can, out of this region, build startups that are the next Walmart, Sam's Club, build startups that are the next J.B. Hunt and Tyson. Like we can build those kinds of technology companies here. And it's going to be because we have an amazing university program that produces young talent focus in that in those areas it's going to be because we have amazing anchor corporates in this region that attract that kind of talent and it's going to be because we have an amazing ecosystem and the right kind of support from different angles that allow us to create new businesses and help them thrive here so there's more work to be done it's not perfect there are mm -hmm. gaps in our in our mm -hmm. ecosystem but yeah when we when we took a step back and just asked ourselves where do we have a right to win it's like it's retail value chain all day like mm -hmm. and if we're not building companies in that space it's 
it's it's shame on us is, is kind of how we feel like if we're not willing to partner with with you and your team and the university programming and corporates here and kind of all work together to help build new tech companies in that space mm-hmm. we're missing out on being the kind of global leaders in the future like mm-hmm. the leadership we have today is is as fleeting um as anything like the s p 500 there's this stat we always point to of like the average lifespan of a company in the S&P 500, if you go back to the 1960s, it was some 60 some odd years that the average lifespan of a company existed in the S&P 500 had been around. You go to today and the average lifespan is 15 years. Hmm. So what that tells you is that more early stage companies are taking over in the S&P 500. That, you know, incumbents have been disrupted by challengers. And that is a continued pattern that the lifespan is shrinking. We're going to see more of that. So we need to be building those companies. We need to have a shot at continuing to be the leader in that space for the next Mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and beyond. Like that's the kind of vision we need to, we need to start taking as we, as we look at what's possible in in Northwest Arkansas. That's my rant for the Uh, the day. (laughs) uh, Couldn't agree more. uh, And probably could not have said it better. Um, and it is exciting to be here at this time uh, because, you know, I do believe that that all the ingredients are here for, you know, the next wave uh, of innovative companies to be built right here that will impact the retail value chain for many, many decades to come. And, and I think uh, both of you are important pieces of those ingredients. So Fahad, uh, looking forward to getting to see you more uh, as you're in Northwest Arkansas more and excited that SSI is joining our region. And Josh, really excited about what you are doing at Cartwheel um, and excited about the startup studio model. Uh, I want to say both of you, thank you for partnering with the Walton College of Business, and thanks for being willing to join today. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for having us on. Thank you for uh, being so supportive of all the programs. And I, I mean, I'd be, I, I would feel uh, maybe remiss if I didn't at least bring up, hey, we've got Bounds Accelerator, and I don't know when this podcast is going to go live, but I'm going to do it anyway. So we're working with, with uh, Cartwheels, working with the University of Arkansas, and really um, your your team um, on Bounds Accelerator, which is launching in January. So if this happens to get out before November 3rd, we are still accepting applications, and these are into, start- this is for traction or startups that have traction, that have some revenue, post-revenue, um, in the emerging tech space applied to retail value chain. So if anything you're doing in the startup space um, has any application to the retail value chain, please apply uh, to the Bounds Accelerator. You can reach it bounds.cartwheel.studio. And again, that's in partnership with the University of Arkansas and many corporate sponsors along with Han Ventures, Coinbase, and AI Foundation. So we're mm-hmm. bringing a great collection of established emerging tech companies in alongside the established retail value chain companies and, and in partnership with the university. I think it's going to be a great program. Excited about it. Yeah. I'm, uh, as you know, uh, super excited about that partnership, all the different partners that have come together to make that happen. Uh, Josh, you, your team, other partners uh, from, from our standpoint, you know, have to mention Sarah Goforth, uh, who leads our Office of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. That's really been the, the key driver yeah. from the University of Arkansas side uh, in, in this effort and many more to build this ecosystem. So excited about the partnership. Uh, thank you both for being here today.
Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.